Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, Mum to Amandine and Elwood. If you are new here, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life as a mum of two. Sharing all the highs and all the lows, not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, experts in their fields, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and being part of today's conversation. You all know how much we love our cheeky wipes and how effective they are at getting little squishy bums nice and clean, all whilst knowing that we aren't adding piles of disposable wipes to landfill. Did you also know about their huge range of postpartum and period pads and pants, as well as their recently launched incontinence range? Their postpartum bamboo topped maternity pads are perfect for the early days of postpartum bleeding. They are less bulky than a disposable with no chemicals, just comfy bamboo cotton next to your delicate bits. Once postpartum bleeding has settled down, their cheeky period pants are a brilliant alternative for disposable pads. They feel like regular pants but have four or five layers of absorbency, including a leak-proof layer. A quick rinse or soak and a machine wash on 30 and they're ready to wear again. The pads are also brilliant for those little leaks whilst your body adjusts during and after pregnancy and Cheeky Wipes have gone a step further and created their Fearless Pads, designed specifically for this. The Fearless Pads have a unique shape, keeping the pad flat and is slightly wider at the back, giving great coverage. The top layer is brushed cotton for fast absorption, whilst also keeping the material closest to your skin breathable. There is a hidden waterproof layer and non-wick wings for maximum protection against leaks. Have a look at the range at cheekywipes.com and check out the new limited edition designs. So today on the podcast, I have the fantastic Claire, who has been a guest with us before from Clairborn Physio, and she is here to share with us all her expert knowledge on pelvic health. So I'm hopeful in this podcast, we can do a brief overview of the pelvic floor, pelvic health, where it is, what it is, and then move into the specifics of pelvic health during pregnancy, if there's any birth prep we can do, and then of course, tackle some post-birth potential issues or questions that we might be able to answer for people would that be okay sounds great fantastic so start us off with what is pelvic health what's the pelvic floor yeah great so pelvic health is a huge term and really it refers to um, I mean yes our pelvic floor but thinking and remembering that the pelvic floor is obviously connected to a lot of other things including bones and um, it's got a relationship with other muscles um, so and obviously the organs the pelvic organs as well so pelvic health is sort of this encompassing term which relates to a number of things obviously the pelvic floor being very much at the center and these muscles I mean they're literally where they state they are they are in the floor of the pelvis so if we think about the pelvic structure um, so you've got the 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 legs that come from the pelvis um and then there's a, there's an outlet at the bottom and that is where your pelvic floor sits so your muscles come around your anus they come around the vagina um and and around the urethra as well um and the way i describe it is they come from the coccyx forwards in the body to the pubic bone but obviously they attach side to side as well so that's where the pelvic floor is and they've got lots of different roles that i think we don't often think about so related to continence related to our sexual pleasure related to um stability of the spine with other muscles 
help to pub blood and lymph around the area, which is, again, something that we take for granted, but is an important role, um, and also support our pelvic organs. So those being your bladder, your womb and your bowel. So little muscles, lots of little muscles that make up the pelvic floor. Uh, not that we really need to know them, but, um, you know, we just need to understand that the pelvic floor muscle group is an important thing for us to think about really at all point of our lives. But we often hear about it in pregnancy, postnatal and sort of in motherhood. Um, but I think we're trying to raise awareness that actually it is a lifelong thing that really comes from being a kid all the way to our final days. And it's something that we should consider, like all aspects of our health. Mm, absolutely. So with pregnancy in mind, of course, having a growing baby and growing human life form is going to have a considerable force, I suppose, on the pelvic floor. So in pregnancy, what can we do to help ourselves um, with our Mm. pelvic floor? Yeah, so regular pelvic floor exercises. So what we mean by that is doing some isolated contractions. So we often call them kegels or squeezes, but really just to simplify it for everyone you literally just want to think about sort of squeezing around your anus holding wind and I often say visualize it coming forwards in the body to your pubic bone and then letting that muscle relax that is a pelvic floor squeeze and if you can do that regularly throughout your pregnancy we often encourage you to do some where you hold and some where you don't hold so what we mean by holding is you do the same squeeze then you try and hold that contraction for up to 10 seconds whilst you breathe in and out. And basically what we're trying to do there is we're working on different types of muscle fibres within the muscle. Um, So doing those daily, we've got research that suggests that women who do those regularly um, will reduce their risk of sort of things like incontinence later on in pregnancy and postpartum. But it's never too late. So if you've not started, don't panic. Um, But, you know, pelvic health is far more than just squeezes. So making sure that our pelvic floor is actually not too tight. Um, And a lot of us hold a lot of pelvic floor tension, actually. So what I work a lot on with women, and I know a number of physios do, is actually breathing and diaphragmatic breathing and actually relaxing the tummy and allowing the pelvic floor to relax. Because like any muscle that can't relax fully, it's very hard for it to squeeze fully. So it's making sure that we think about it as 3D, so making sure it's not just focused on one thing, also relax also things like trying to prevent constipation trying not to be straining on the toilet as well because that's going to have a huge impact on our pelvic floor so yes there are things around pregnancy that we can't control there's hormonal changes there's the weight of the baby and we have to accept that the the things that we can do to help like the strengthening making sure we're relaxing making sure we're not straining is super important i'd say those are the some of the key things that we can be doing in pregnancy Mm, absolutely Now, in my naivety, I remember when I was pregnant thinking, if my pelvic floor is too tight, could I tear? And I'm sure I'm not the only person that has had that question. Um, Is it? Is it related? Yeah, so it's a really interesting question. Um, I I, I don't think we've done studies into like women who do have tight pelvic floors specifically. So I don't think we have data to completely confirm yes or no. I think the question that often comes about is surely if I'm squeezing my pelvic floor, that's going to make it too tight and therefore I can't birth a baby. But like I thought I've mentioned, but it's not all about making everything tight. You know, a strong muscle should not be a tight muscle. Mm. A strong muscle is a nice, relaxed, flexible muscle as well as being strong, like all the muscles in the body. So it's important to remember that just because you're working on squeezing and you're working on strengthening does not mean that you're closing the birth outlet, mm-hmm. right? You're, you, that's why we have to think about the breath and we have to think about the flexibility. Um, and we have studies that show that women who did pelvic floor exercises right up till delivery 
um, are were no more at risk of tearing. So there is not this correlation of if you look after your pelvic floor that you're more likely to tear. Equally, yes, okay, if someone has an incredibly tight pelvic floor and nothing's been done to support that, I don't know. We don't know. Yes, maybe, but I don't think we have, well, not that I am aware of, we have any data that's looked at women who specifically have diagnosed tight pelvic floor. Because to be honest with you, a lot of the time it's not picked up. Mm. But I would want the message to be clear that doing pelvic floor exercises is not directly correlated with increased tearing. Um, so that's an important thing. We, do, mm. we can do it and not increase our risk of tearing. So aside from the um, elements you just spoke about um, in pregnancy, is there anything we can do specifically for birth? Now, I know there is, of course, the perineal massage, which isn't specifically the pelvic floor, of course, it's the um, area surrounding, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it often involves the pelvic floor to some degree because, you know, your pelvic floor sits, you know, right under right under the skin. And so okay. actually, when you're stretching the perineal skin, often you are influencing the muscles as well. Okay. So, um, yes, I guess not what people think directly, but the perineum itself, there's muscle tissue there. So you will influence the pelvic floor muscles. Mm. So we can do that to prepare for birth. And is there anything yes. else specifically for, a, a, you know, a vaginal birth or even maybe mm. a C-section, if you know you're going to have an elective C-section, um, is there anything that we can do to help specifically pelvic health wise? Yeah, I mean, definitely um, there's devices as well. So you can do perineal massage or there's devices one including the epino which they're basically stretching devices so you pop them in and you can stretch them there's also a great device now that is like an extension of your hand so it's like a um so you can do perineal massage more easily around your bump because a big restrictor for women is that they're like i can't do it i just can't reach i found so, it really hard really hard right like i'm <laughs> not actually hard. an octopus <laughs> yeah. um yes or gadget arm you, you know find but, yourself so, with your foot on the loo contortioning your body with this yeah. huge bump thinking this is just horrendous <laughs> sore I'm uncomfortable yeah. why am I doing this and so lots of women don't do it and mm. um, but yeah this is called the peri mom so mom is in like the American spelling of mum and um yeah women are loving it finding it really helpful so that's another option that's quite a new device it's interesting we're, we're understanding more and more about how being in an environment where you feel safe and having a birth mm. provider that you can trust is actually protective of your pelvic floor you know who you're working with so the role of a doula or I guess you know, caseloading midwives where you know them and you feel safe with them. And those things are protective. They can be protective and supportive of our pelvic floor, including things like being more upright and, um, you know, yeah, not being in that classic what you see in films. So you're on your back pushing. Now, look, that sometimes is needed and that's OK. But I think just making sure that that's not the norm of what we're expecting it to be. They're being in gravity assisted positions is really, really great as well. So I think, yeah, the conversation of we're learning that research is evolving and I think we will continue to learn more and more. But I think this, this understanding that actually as women, how we feel and how, you know, is a huge influencer of labor, how birth goes and therefore related to our pelvic floor as well. And I've seen that in my own births hugely. And um, second time around, I had, I went, actually went for private midwives and I knew them and the experience and how I felt was so different rather than walking in and meeting a stranger when you're in one of the most vulnerable positions of your life, you know, not that my first midwife wasn't great. Like he really was a great midwife, but there was just this different relationship and um, I felt much safer and I really, really trusted them. So yeah, I think we'll learn more in the coming years about that, but I think it's helpful for us to consider in the whole Absolutely. picture. 
Yeah, I can completely relate. I was lucky enough. I don't quite know how all of the stars fell into place somehow. But uh, with Amandine, I had a um, midwife birth centre, midwife led Mm -hmm. birth centre birth. Um, And my kind of uh, midwife who saw me at all my appointments, um, she wasn't actually there for my labour, but she moved to the home birth team. So with Elwood, when I had a home birth, turned out she was my midwife again, which was just amazing. That's insane. It was. So I had a water birth with her um, and actually nobody knew, but Elwood was 10 pounds at birth and he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm five foot three. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, it was, it was quite Where ridiculous. were you hiding that? <laughs> Where was I hiding that? And that's exactly what she said. She was like, oh my word. Anyway, he did get stuck. But I think oh the gosh. only way, I don't know how, but I had no tearing. Amazing. I've had no issues Here's so far, touch wood, with my pelvic yes. floor. And I am certain it was because... I knew her. She was mm. there. She was holding yeah. my hand. And I felt relaxed and comfortable. Yes. And also my labor was three hours from start to finish. Wow. Thank yeah. God I was at home. Yes. <laughs> but you know, I, I really truly believe in what you're saying yes. because yes. I, I think I'm a prime example of that. But it makes um, complete sense, doesn't it? Like actually, nice. if we're relaxed, um, you know, there's a close link between jaw tension, pelvic floor tension, um, stress, emotional stress with pelvic floor tension. So actually, if we are in the most relaxed, safe space, and unfortunately we can't always create that, no. but if we are can to any extent improve that, it all just makes sense. And I think this is where we're wonderfully moving is rather than separating us into like oh this is your physical being and this is your emotional being actually just being like yeah you're one person so when we look after emotional well-being we're looking after your physical health and when we're looking after your physical health we're looking after emotional health and seeing how actually in birth it's all of that whereas I think sometimes because we've sort of at times and for right reasons needed very medicalized birth I think then it's become this very physical done to us thing and do you know what it's taken me two births to understand this but I was like oh the midwives like they were brilliant and they did so much and my husband was like yeah but you birthed that baby like I think I was like oh the midwives birthed my baby he's like no they were there to support you but you actually did the birth and I was like oh yeah like I I did it and and that sounds crazy to me now to say that out loud but I think so many of us are like oh the medical team birthed our babies it's like no they supported you to do it and I think we've really kind of moved into this time trying to re-empower the woman that you're the one doing this yeah. and how can we make this best for you and so I, I'm really excited to see that I guess develop in the next decade or so um I, I guess we're sort of doing a 360 like we do in most things where things used to be at home and then it was all went into the hospital and now they're like oh maybe go met, met, um you know birth center and now it's like actually let's just go back home yeah <laughs> and you know my mum was born at home and then but then I was not born at home but now I had one at home as well and I think it'll be yeah anyway this is totally digressing but I think all of this is relevant to pelvic health and I think it's important that we acknowledge the you know as I say this mind body connection and how important that is in our pelvic health mm. this week I'm really excited to tell you all about Tinto the app for free motherhood support that's personalized to you and your baby There's no one size fits all when it comes to parenting advice and that's what the app's all about. Tinto takes the time to get to know you and your needs with a personality questionnaire when you first sign up and by regularly checking in on all aspects of your well-being. When you ask a question on the app, Tinto only puts you in touch with like-minded mums who are at a similar stage. That way, the advice you get is always useful and always supportive. 
I love that if you need more specialised advice, there are plenty of experts on hand that you can chat to for free, including midwives, sleep and feeding specialists and physiotherapists. On a mission to make sure that all women thrive in motherhood, Tinto is the perfect support system in your pocket. For support that's tailored to you at every step, head to the App Store or Google Play Store and download Tinto for free. So let's move on to post-birth, postnatally. Yes. Now, it's not, it's overcomable, it's workable with, right? If we find ourselves postnatally or post-birth, we're going for a run or maybe getting back into exercise, we mm. find that we're leaking or we just know that something's not quite right down there, maybe suspected prolapse or um, just discomfort or yes. even sexually discomfort. Yes. It's not... We don't have to put up with it, do we, right? Not at all, not at all. There is so much that can be done to help. And essentially, it's my job to work with all the women that you've described, which is an awful lot of us. If we look at the stats that we have, which who knows, I'm sure they're constantly evolving, that one in three women will experience some incontinence of urinary incontinence in their That's a huge lifestyle. amount. Huge, huge amount of us. Yeah. You know, potentially 50% at some point having a prolapse, huge amount of us. Um, and then they say something like over 80% of women postpartum will have some discomfort with sex. So, I mean, between those three stats, just covering most of us, <laughs> yeah. most of us in the population, right? If we fit into one of those camps. And so I think it's acknowledging that though the narrative I think has always been like, I'll oh, just have a glass of wine, sex will be fine, or just wear a pad and, and just carry on running, or yeah, this is just what happens when you have a baby. Amazingly, we're in a time where it's like, enough 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 of this just like constant lying to women there is help and yes we need more and more research to understand how we help the best but I know clinically that we make huge difference for women we get them back to having sex pain-free we get them back to exercising but yeah these things don't happen overnight and it's acknowledging the fact that our body has been through a lot and that's okay and you know if we went through any other major procedure we would probably acknowledge that a bit better. But I think because, and this is where the hard thing is, isn't it? Where we're sort of saying, we don't want birth to be this medicalized thing. Um, however, it's still a huge thing on our body. And therefore we need to recognize that, rehabilitate and support ourselves. So yeah, the message will always be there is hope. I have to always be honest that physiotherapy doesn't is not always the full solution. Um, we do sometimes obviously need further medical support. But for most of the women I meet, we can make huge, huge changes and make big differences to their quality of life, how they feel. And, you know, that's the most important thing. You know, it's about their life, them being able to be mothers, them being able to feel confident to be in a relationship. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel privileged to be doing my job and to see women's lives change because it can. It absolutely can. Mm. So what can we do post-birth? How soon can we start to do, you know, of course, everybody's birth is different, mm. even if there are plenty of similarities, nobody's birth is the same. So in a general way, yeah. when can we start maybe reintroducing pelvic floor exercises mm. or, you know, when can we start doing that? So however you birth, whether that's vaginal, cesarean, once you've done your first wee, you can start doing some pelvic floor exercises. I always say to women, I completely get it's not top of your list. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I've had done my first wee, get on with the pelvic floor. Um, but it's a possibility. You're absolutely fine and safe to do that. Obviously, gently, slowly listen to your body and, and, and any pain or discomfort that you might feel. Um, and then kind of moving through those early weeks, you know, I say, look, really just take it steady. You know, 
definitely work on the deep diaphragmatic breathing that's so important it's not all about the squeezing again like when you've got pain in an area if you've had a vaginal delivery and some tearing it's also really important to relax because the likelihood is when you've got pain your body's going to protect your body is going to hold so we also need to learn to let go and relax as well Mm. um you know do some walking but steady you know I really struggle with the narrative of you can't walk too much in the postpartum period I know it's wrong because I know women do walk too much and they get really uncomfortable and they're like I was doing really well and then I went for an hour's walk because I thought I was feeling fine and now I feel really uncomfortable again it's like respect the fact that your body is hugely healing and healing is not isolated to six weeks it does keep going especially we know for cesarean um but also vaginal delivery. You know, I see women at six weeks who are very much still healing and recovering. So I would say look, view it as like building blocks, pelvic floor and breathing, a little bit of walking. You know, you're not you're not resting to- for six weeks with a small baby. You're active. You're up and down nonstop. You are an active person. And that's sometimes literally enough for your healing body. Especially six if you weeks partner or another child, right. right? Yeah, you're not just there like... Life does ah, not stop. <laughs> Netflix, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're active from day one. And, mm. you know, it's, it's such a hard balance, but really important that we obviously acknowledge that, that the rest is important, but equally moving is good. Mental health-wise, it's important. You know, there's so many benefits to it. Um, and then come six weeks, yeah, there is no one-size-fits-all. But I is I think about stepping stones women do not regret taking things slow. They absolutely regret taking things fast. I've never heard women being like, you know what? I really regret taking things too slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's always when we're like, damn it, why did I run at six weeks? I, I could have just given myself another six weeks. Um, so just, you know, l- body, you know, body weight movements, squats, lunges, get back to swimming, get back to cycling, like low impact things, build up to impact. Probably earliest at 12 weeks for most women. Think about six weeks of rehabilitation. For many of us, ongoing but that doesn't mean you're not going to get there and I think again we have to acknowledge that this is not just about physical recovery um from a from a I guess a muscular repair point of view you're not sleeping as well nutritionally things are different there's a bigger demand on your system you haven't got as much time you haven't got the same childcare. life is different and learning to adapt to that and listening to what your body really needs and being intuitive I think could not be more important in motherhood mm. And that's an amazing place to finish. <laughs> is there anything else? I love that final sentence. Is there anything else that you would love to share with the listeners um, or something that you think we might have missed in our mm. brief conversation? I think just that pelvic health is for all um, and, and for life. You know, I think what we love to do is be like, oh, so when can I stop all of this? Mm-hmm. Like, can I get to six weeks postpartum and not have to worry about it anymore? If we forgot about our dental health and said, do I just have to like brush my teeth for six weeks? Or, you know, if I just don't look after my heart, anymore no these are lifelong things and we've got to stop bookending pelvic health as perinatal Mm -hmm. it is lifelong and it once we accept that part of the journey yes you're not probably gonna have to do as many pelvic floor exercises but if you can if you do neglect it and don't think about it at all then we're just not looking after ourselves in the same way we would look after all aspects of our health so yes it may not be the most prominent as it may be in the perinatal period but it's still important that's the main thing Claire, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners do as well. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Take care. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. 
A huge thank you to Claire for joining us once again on the podcast. I find every time I chat with her, something new comes up and it's so, so helpful. So I hope you find it helpful too on your journey. So next week we are back and we are chatting with Holly from The Bump Plan next week. And she is sharing all of her expert knowledge with us on fitness in pregnancy. So please come back and join us next week for that quick chat. I hope you're enjoying the slightly shorter episodes. I hope they're fitting easier into your schedule. Please, if you have a moment, as always, rate and review if you haven't done so already. It really helps the podcast become um, available and seeable, essentially, to other mums um, who are looking for a motherhood podcast and support and join a community. So thank you all again. Catch you next week.